Hey, you're listening to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We are so honored that you took the time to be here. We believe this message is going to be exactly what you need to hear. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. We're a church that loves Jesus. We believe Jesus changes lives. And so I'm going to read a passage of scripture, uh, and it's going to set the backdrop for what we're going to do this morning. Uh, It's found in Matthew chapter 13. And in Matthew chapter 13, uh, this is where we're going to be all morning. And usually, if you guys have been here before, when I read a passage of scripture at the start, uh, I kind of come back to it. But we're reading so much scripture this morning. Somebody say amen. Amen. That uh, we're not going to be able to come back to it. So what I read right now soak it in listen to it let it come into your bones Matthew chapter 13 verse 1 says this it says the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake such large crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it while the people stood on the shore then he told them many things in parables saying a farmer went out to sow his seed what I love about Jesus Jesus speaks uh, to the people in the language they understand Jesus was speaking to a culture that was filled with people that worked the land And so his parables, that's what he does. And he's speaking, he says, As this farmer was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up and the plants were scorched, they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plant. Still, someone say still. Other seed fell on the good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Jesus, why do you speak to the people in parables? In other words, Jesus, what are you really saying? I want to share a message this morning. And I want to share the title with you guys. What we're going to do, we're going to dissect the words of Jesus. But the title of our message this morning is The Root of It. The Root of It. Touch the person next to you and say, we're going to get to the root. We're going to get to the root. One thing, one thing I've realized us as people, and you guys can tell me if you've been there before, I've realized us as people, we tend to deal with things from a surface level. We tend to deal with things at the surface level. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Like instead of getting to the root of our issues, we we sort of just look at things at a surface level. I'll try to illustrate it like this, um, and I'll I'll give a little backdrop. Whenever I marry couples, um, I always start by doing pre-marriage counseling. Anyone married in this room? Fantastic. Don't be so excited about it. (laughs) Every time I do marriage, we do pre-marriage counseling. And one thing that I get couples to do uh, is I get them to to talk to each other and tell uh, each other what they expect out of the other person when they get married. And the reason I do this is because I think in marriage, a lot of the conflict comes from unspoken expectations. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And so uh, one of the reasons I do this is because when Christy and I got married, we did this with each other. Uh, In our counseling, we were had to say what we expected out of each other. Um, and it's, it was amazing. But one thing I've realized is that as much as like in a moment, you can sort of like try to think of everything in your entire life that you'll expect out of that person, uh, no matter what, you're not going to be able to actually realize everything until you experience it. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like we had stuff, like I expect you to love me and, and this and that, all that fluffy stuff. But there's just like some nitty gritty things that you're not going to know until you actually experience it. For example, it's like this. Uh, in our marriage... One thing that Christy expects me to do, uh, she expects me to mow the lawn. And uh, 
thankfully, it's not a point of contention because I expect myself to mow the lawn. Come on, somebody. And so it works out great. But, but, but here's where there's been a little point of contention is because this is something we never actually talked about. I always expected that I was going to mow the lawn. But I had an expectation if I mowed the lawn, she would make the lawn look nice and pretty. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like she'd be the one that waters it and fertilizes it. <clears throat> I'm just here to mow. And uh, so it, it's, a, it's an unspoken expectation. She's like, yeah, this is really unspoken. I never heard of this before. <laughs> but to be honest, like, and it's funny, and it's not, I don't think that it's expect, she expects me to do it. It's just that I don't think she really cares one way or another <laughs> what it looks like. But I'm a guy, I mow it, and when I mow it, I love it. And so I cannot handle anything in our house that looks out of order, especially our backyard. And so last week, uh, we were on holidays, and we came home, and I looked out of my backyard, and our backyard was full of, of weeds, like it was, I think when we were gone, it rained like every day, right? Like here two weeks ago. And so I've never seen our backyard like that. It looked like a jungle. And uh, it just, I, I couldn't handle it. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is not happening. And we had guests over, but I did not care. I immediately, as soon as I got home, I went and I mowed that lawn. Because it can't look like that. And when I mowed it, I realized like, okay, number one, like this place is a mess. But after I mowed it, there were certain places and certain weeds that I still could not get with the lawn mower. And so I came inside, and I was talking to Chris, and I said, Chris, I said, we really need to do something about these weeds. Like, I cut it, and our lawn looks good, but there's, just, there's certain weeds that I can't get to. And Christy said something so interesting. She said, yeah, we need a weed beater. And I said, yeah, a weed beater would be nice because like, there's certain areas that I can't really get to with my lawnmower. But what I said to her, I said, if I just beat the weeds, if I weed the beets, Beat the weeds, whatever that word may be. If I just do that, I'm really only solving the problem at a surface level. You guys know what I'm talking about? Lord, help me preach this. You see, if I just cut down the weeds, I'm not actually getting to the root of the issue. And that's what I've been doing all summer is I just mow the lawn and I cut the weeds. And it looks good for a few days when they're cut down. But when you leave for a week and it starts to rain, it's like, oh, my gosh, what happened to our backyard? And the problem is we never actually dealt with the issue at the surface level. We just dealt with it at a surface level. We didn't get down to the root of it. You guys know what I'm saying? And I think where I'm going with this, and this message I want to preach this morning, I think for so many of us in our lives, what we tend to do is we tend to deal with things at a surface level. So many of us, we have problems in our lives, we have struggles, we have things that we are trying to get over, but the reason they come up again and again and again, no matter what we do, is because I think that for so many of us, we only deal with our issues at a surface level. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And so what Jesus wants to do in our lives, Jesus wants to get down to the root of our issues. And so Jesus here in Matthew chapter 13, he's speaking to a group of religious people. And these were people that supposedly knew God, yet their lives did not reflect that. And when Jesus came, it was these people that rejected him. And I think that what Jesus is trying to get across in this parable is that he wants the people to begin to fight their battles at a deeper level instead of just at the surface. Because get this, friends, when we fight at a surface level, we will only have surface victories. We will only have temporary wins. I can't hear anybody this morning. Jesus wants to get down to the root. And it's so funny, Jesus, he's speaking, and he's speaking to the Jews in parables. And so the disciples say this. They come to him in verse 10. They say, why do you speak to the people in parables? 
Why do you speak to the people in parables? It's funny because for those who've been in church for a long time, uh, we sort of had this idea, I thought Jesus always spoke in parables. Like, didn't he always just speak in, in kind of riddles we don't understand? But what's so interesting in Matthew chapter 13, this is the very first time in the public ministry of Jesus that he actually spoke in parables. Because what Jesus had figured out and what Jesus had realized is that he was speaking beforehand and the people weren't understanding it. He was speaking them at a surface level. He was being very blunt, but there was no life change happening. And so Jesus begins to switch up his method. In Matthew chapter 13, he starts to speak in parables. And so the disciples, verse 10, they say, why do you speak like this? Matthew chapter 13, verse 13, if it's on the screen, it says this. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not understand. This is why I speak to them in parables. You see, parables have this ability to illustrate a deep truth in a new way. Jesus was saying, I spoke to them at a surface level, but they didn't understand. Although they had ears, although they had eyes, it wasn't coming through. I need to speak to them on a deeper level. And so this morning, what I want to do, we're in our series, Best Summer Ever, and we really truly believe it's going to be the best summer ever here at Kingdom Church. But what I want you guys to do is I want us to leave this place, and I want us to begin to deal with our issues at a deeper level. Because there are way too many people that love Jesus, but their lives don't reflect someone that has joy, peace, and love. Jesus promises to be a well overflowing. He promises to offer life and life abundantly, but so many of us will never seize it. And I think the reason is because we only deal with our issues at a surface level. And so the disciples, it's so funny, they're like, we don't really get it, Jesus. And so Jesus, in his goodness and his grace, he decides to break down this parable for them. If you guys didn't get the first thing we read, I got good news. Come on, somebody. Jesus explains exactly what he's talking about in verse 13. I mean, Matthew 13, verse 18, he says this. He says, listen, this is what the parable means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed that was sown along the path. So listen, the seed in this parable, it represents the word of God. And he's saying that the word of God is planted in many different ways. It's planted in people. And so the first thing he says, he says this, this seed was planted, but the people did not understand it. If you're new to Kingdom Church, one of our core values here is accessibility. And what that means is we want the gospel to be accessible for everyone. We don't want anyone leaving this place not understanding what I'm talking about. So if you don't get it, just shout out, I don't get it, if you have the guts to shout out like that. But that's the first group of people. That's the first seed. They don't understand it, and so they just, they wither. But here's the seed I really want to look at, because I think for so many of us, we can relate to it. Verse 20, it says, The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word, receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. They quickly fall away. You see, friends, your decision in life will only go as far as you're rooted. Every single week here at Kingdom Church, we have people make decisions for Jesus. And every single week, by the grace of God, clap your hands, we have decisions for Jesus every single week. I need you to clap like you believe it. I need you guys to clap like this projector is going to start working behind me. I told you, the, the devil does not want us to things to work out this morning, I guess. But what happens for so many people is they will receive the word of God with joy. We'll have people that make decisions for Jesus. And this is the reality of our church, and we won't see them again. 
And it's like, what happened? Like they came here and something penetrated their hearts. They made a decision. They said, I want to follow Jesus, but we don't see him again. What Matthew says in this parable and what Jesus, the words of Jesus, he says, the reason they fall away is because they were not rooted. They were not rooted. They made a surface decision. And that's the start, but they were not rooted. So here's the first thing I want us to understand. There's no slides right now, so you guys better be taking notes. Here's the first point. In order for us to begin to fight things at the roots, in order for us to fight things beyond a surface level, we have to get rooted. We have to get rooted. Hey, there we go. Amen. We have to get rooted. But here's the thing. For anyone who knows anything about getting rooted, it actually will take some time. It takes time for our roots to sink in, for us to begin to grow. But the problem for us in the culture that we live in is we live in this culture that says, I want everything right here, right now. We live in the culture of, 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 the, of the Transformation Tuesday, where it's like one post and I'm changed. We want things right here, right now. But what happens is to get rooted, it takes some time. I'll illustrate it like this. Uh, any of you guys watch HGTV? Come on. It's a rite of passage when you get married. Just wait. Guys, guys are like, I would never watch that. Then you get married and it's all you watch. Um, but one thing, Christy and I, we like to watch house flipping shows. And uh, in these shows, it's really funny. Our favorite is Masters of Flip. Anyone seen that show? And uh, when we watch this show, like, it's, it's, it's cool because they take like this really ratty house and they make it into something amazing, right, by the end of it. That's what we love. But one thing that's so funny in this show, um, every single episode is pretty much the same in format. And then Courtney, who's like the master designer girl, she always says the same thing. She goes, oh my gosh, it's demo day. Anyone seen the show? She's like, demo day is my favorite day. And then it will show her, she has her sledgehammer, which is like bigger than her. And it'll show her just like clock the wall, right? You guys seen this? And it's like, this is my favorite day. It's demo day. And there's this montage of her and her husband, Dave, and they'll just put the sledgehammer in the wall. And that looks really fun. And when you watch it, you're like, man, I want to put a sledgehammer in a wall. Like, that looks fun. And so she always has this big thing. I love Demo Day. I love Demo Day. But the more I watch the show, what I've realized is that that little uh, hammer that goes into the wall, that's pretty much the only thing she actually ever does. <laughs> because then all of a sudden, there's this montage, and you see the real crew come in. You guys know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, this house is literally, uh, it's, it's been torn apart to its very core. And I look at that, and I say, yeah, Courtney, of course you love Demo Day, because you don't actually do anything. Because here's the reality for anyone who's ever actually renovated a house, demolishing the house is not easy work. It's not at all. Kicking a wall and that's fun. Getting out a nasty toilet, that's not as fun. When you have to actually unscrew something, that takes time. But you see what these shows do and it's just really, it's, just, it's, a, it's a picture of our culture. It's like we get everything fast. Everything right now. Th things can be happened overnight. And so what happens, you watch this show and you think you can flip houses. I think I can flip houses, and I can't really do anything with my hands other than hold this microphone. But you watch it because, well, look how easy that was. Because what happens is they condense down months and months of work into 45 minutes, and they make it look easy. Well, this is easy. Anyone can do it. But you see, friends, and where we're going with this, this idea of getting rooted, we have this idea that life change happens right away. Listen to this, our, 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 our decision, that, that, that time in our life when we accept Jesus into our lives, it is the easiest thing you will ever do. It's the easiest thing you'll ever do. All you are doing is saying, yes, I want to follow Jesus. But the process of getting rooted, that's going to take some time. 
that's going to take some time. Can I be real with you guys for a second? It's going to take some time because when Jesus comes into your life, he has some walls that he needs to tear down. He he has some things in your life he needs to get rid of. When Jesus comes into your life, you make that decision, but there's still brokenness in your heart that he wants to heal. And there's healing that takes place and will take place, but it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. But we have this picture where everything happens so easily. And so what happens is we just have these surface results. We accept Jesus into our lives, but we never get down to the root of it. And so what happens is we only experience joy for a moment, peace for a moment, victory for a day. But Jesus does not want temporary victories in our lives. He wants everlasting victory. But we have to get to the roots. We have to get to the roots. And so at this church, if you're new here, we are passionate about helping you get to the root of your problems. We're we're passionate about helping you actually get planted and and become one with, with our church, with our family. We want you to know Jesus. And so that's why if you're new to this church, if you've been here before, I say it all the time, we want every single person in this church to join a small group. We call them Kingdom Crews. Come on, somebody. I can't hear anyone in this church this morning. Chris, I need to hear you at least because I can't hear anyone else. I know you have a Kingdom Crew. We have these, these groups and they're small groups and the reason I'm so passionate about them is because I know in these groups, life change happens. How do I know that? I have my own small group and I've seen life change happen because life change happens in, in, the, in the context of small groups. Because what happens when you can do life with people together and you can actually have one-on-one conversations, you can begin to dissect the issues that you guys have. And they can walk through things with you. They can walk through pain with you. They can walk through brokenness with you. We want you to get rooted. Our small groups, for the most part, they're on break. But in September, we want you to get rooted. We want you to start one. We want you to join one. But we want you to walk with people that can do life with you. They can walk through whatever you're going through. Because we were not meant to do life alone. We need to get rooted. We need to get rooted. I'm super passionate. I love the Word of God. Come on, somebody. I love the Bible. And I promise every single week that I'm up here, I'm going to bring something out of the Bible and I'm going to bring it into everyday life. But that cannot be the end of it. It can't, it can't just start and stop here. And that's why, man, we are so passionate. We want to help you learn to read your Bible. In Growth Track, week two, anyone been to Growth Track before? In week two, we just give you some practical steps. Here's how you can start reading your Bible. And it sounds so elementary, it sounds so simple, but what we are doing is we are getting rooted. We're getting rooted in the Word of God. If you want to, to, to know how to read your Bible better, if you're struggling, man, I want to encourage you. Fill out a Connect card. You guys see the Connect cards? The reason we, every single week, you're like, why do you guys always talk about Connect cards every week? It's getting kind of old. It's because you don't fill them out. (laughs) The reason we want you to fill out a Connect card, and especially if you make a decision for Jesus, the reason we want you to fill out a Connect card is so you can get rooted, because when you fill out that card, someone will get in contact with you. And by someone, chances are me. Because we are passionate about life change. Because we know that you have to get to the root of it, the root of it. So many of us, we've dealt with things at the surface level for so long. So long. Jesus wants to get to the root. He wants to change our hearts. The answer, and listen, what, you're like, well, what, is, what, is a, what does a surface, what does that look like in my life? Get this, if you struggle with low self-esteem, likes on Instagram, that's a surface, that's a surface solution. You post this picture and think, oh my gosh, like I'm looking fire. 
And we're begging for, it's just, it's just, it's at the surface. Listen, it's, here's another one. For those of us, we struggle with loneliness. We struggle with self-esteem. So many of us, we do this. We think that sex is the answer. Well, if someone will just sleep with me, then I'll feel better about myself. It's going to feel good for a while, but that's still just a temporary solution. Jesus, let's get to the roots. Look at verse 21 again. It says, since they had no roots, they lasted only a short time. Since they had no roots. You see, this parable, what it's about, it's about longevity. My goal and my prayer for this church is for no one to come in this place and only be healed once a week. To only be healed once a month. We want this every single day. It's about longevity. I'll, I'll, I'll illustrate it like this. I, uh, I, I go to the gym sometimes, and there's this guy that I play basketball with, and he's in his 40s. He's a little bit older than me, and uh, we played basketball in the wintertime. And then I saw him again at the beginning of summer, and I was talking to him. I said, hey, I was like, I haven't seen you in a long time. Like, where you been? And he's like, oh, I went to the Philippines. And he's like, I went to the Philippines, and my mom was there, and she fed me, and I got fat. <laughs> and he's like, that's why I haven't been playing basketball. And now understand this. This guy is not fat in the slightest. Like, I saw him, and I was like, I'll take that. <laughs> he's like, I got fat. And so uh, he's like, I haven't played basketball in a while. And I was like, oh, I, I, that's, that's good, man. He's like, so I'm just getting in shape. He's like, once I get in shape, then I'm going to play basketball. And I was like, cool. I was like, so like a couple days, a couple weeks? He's like, I probably won't play basketball again until the fall. I was like, the fall? Like, that's like four months. And I was like, man, this guy's so foolish. Flash forward now, Wednesday night. I was on vacation last week. I came back. I haven't been to the gym in a long time. Haven't played basketball in a longer time. I decided to go play basketball because I love basketball. And so I started playing on our team, and it was going good. Our team was winning. I was playing terrible, but... It's all about the team. <laughs> and so we're playing basketball, and we're, we're on a run, right? And so there's like a bunch of people, a bunch of my Filipino brothers and sisters. They just all can, I don't know where they come from. They're just all there at the same time at, at 530. And then there's me. I'm like, I don't speak Tagalog, like, but I think that says pass. But um, our team, we're running, and we're running good, and so we're winning. And so we're winning, so I'm staying in the game, and I'm feeling good. I'm playing bad. But by the fourth game, all of a sudden, I feel something in my hip. Like I feel this pain in my hip. And I try to run for a bit, but then like I can't run anymore. And uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm limping. And so I kind of like look to the sea of people on the sidelines and I'm like, I need, I'm like, sub. I was like, I need to, like someone sub me in. And so this person subbed me in and I literally just went straight home. Uh, like I didn't talk to anyone because I couldn't walk, I hurt my hip. And it's so funny because when I got home, I thought back to the conversation with this man I had months ago, right? And this idea, he says, I want to get in shape because, and I understood it in that moment because what he was saying, he said, I don't want to just play for a little while. It's like, I want to play for a long time. Listen to this, friends. So many of us, what happens is we only look at the right now. That's me. And the problem is, I think I'm young still. And you guys are like, aren't you young? I thought I was. <laughs> My body says otherwise. But what happens is like, we have this ego, right? Where it's like, I'm going to just step into the game. I'm going to be good. My body's like, you're not going to walk tomorrow. But you see what happens when our spiritual lives get this. How many of us do that? It's like, man, I felt Jesus. I felt him in that moment. I made that decision. But now I'm like, I'm going to disappear for a while. And I'm going to be all right. I'm going to come to church once a month. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to read my Bible once here. I'm going to be all right. I can't wait till, till camp next year to experience Jesus again. I can't wait till that, that conference next year to experience Jesus again. And what happens is we don't actually get rooted. 
You see, Jesus is about longevity. Jesus wants us to have wins, not on a temporary level, but on a forever level. And so he says, get rooted, get rooted, get rooted. Come on, somebody, get rooted. Your relationship with Jesus must extend outside of these four walls. It has to. Because otherwise, you will only have temporary solutions to your problems. Listen, friends, this is so simple. If you have a Connect card, fill it out, and we will help you get rooted. If you struggle to know who Jesus is, fill out a card. We will help you get rooted. My desire, my prayer is no one leaves this place without experiencing the power of Jesus. We still got some time. Verse 22. Jesus, that's the first seed. That's the first seed so many of us struggle with. We don't get rooted. Here's the second seed. Jesus says, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Making it unfruitful. You see what's so interesting about this seed, this is the second seed, the third seed actually, is that this seed gets rooted. This seed actually gets planted. It takes root. It did all of those things. It made the decision. It came to church. It joined a small group. It had a crew, read its Bible every single day, yet it still was unfruitful. Why? The Bible says because the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choked it out. Now, I don't usually do this because I don't want to flaunt my, my knowledge on you guys, but uh, I want to look at the original meaning of this word, the Greek word. The original language of the New Testament was written in Greek, and uh, it's not like I looked at this and I knew the Greek word immediately. I'm not that smart, don't worry. I had to look it up myself. But there's a word here, and I think that when we understand the deeper meaning, this is going to make sense to us, and we're going to relate to this. So many of us are going to relate to this. You see, the Greek word uh, is this word, merimna. Can you guys say merimna? Amazing, you guys know Greek. And so, uh, if we can, I, I want you guys to see that word, but let's put the verse up for a second again that we just had. Jesus says, the seed falling uh, among them represents those, but the worries of this life. So, the word merimna is that word worries. And so, that word literally, uh, it means to divide and to separate. To divide and to separate. And, and this, the root of this word, it's about this idea of dwelling. To dwell to occupy your mind. So your mind is so occupied, your mind has dwelt on something that you've been separated. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying the people who have experienced this have been separated. Their minds are separated. And the best word I can use to describe that is anxiety. I'm sure all of us in this room have, ever, have experienced anxiety before, right? Jesus is saying the anxieties of this world have made the seed unfruitful. And so what that means is this. We can get rooted we can do all the right thing, but if we struggle with anxieties and the anxieties of this world, we will be unfruitful. It's crazy. We're, we're going to continue this word study. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. G, this is Peter speaking. He says, cast all of your anxiety, this is the word marimna, on Jesus because he cares for you. Come on, somebody. But look at this, verse 8. He says, be alert and of sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, we don't have time to parse this whole text, but if we understand the syntax of the Greek, what but Peter is letting us know, he's saying we need to give our marimna to Jesus. We need to give our anxiety to Jesus. But what also what he's saying, when you understand it together, he's saying the reason we need to give it to Jesus is because the only weapon that the enemy has, the only weapon that the enemy can use against us is that. 
It's Marimna. It's that idea where he wants to divide our minds. You see, so many of us have this idea that Satan is like pennies worth the clown or something like that. Where he's hiding in the gutter ready to like scare us. That's not what the devil wants to do in our life. And if you've experienced clowns in your life, I, we'll talk later because you got to cast something out. But the biggest thing and the thing that the enemy wants to do, and I believe that every single one of us in this room can relate to this, he wants to divide our minds. He wants to divide our minds. He wants to fill us with anxiety because what anxiety really is, anxiety is just misplaced priorities. That's what anxiety is. Anxiety says, this is the most important thing. I'm going to be real and transparent. This morning, like our team, we're a little bit short uh, in terms of our volunteers. It's summertime. People are up and away. And I was so worried about things. I was stressed out, and I was kind of in a, in a bad mood. But then the Lord started speaking to me, and he said, man, you're dwelling on something that doesn't matter. Yeah, it's important for the chairs to be put up. Yeah, it's important for our signs to get up. But there are people here that need to hear a word. But the trick of the enemy is to get us to focus on things that don't matter. And when we focus on those things, when we make those things bigger than Jesus, the result is anxiety. The devil is roaring like a lion. So many of us, we get caught in this trap of focusing on these things. Come on, guys. We know what this looks like. It's work. Your job is the most important thing in your life. That's what the devil wants to get you to think. If he can get you to believe that your job is the most important thing, it is the end-all, be-all, he can divide your mind. And you can come to church, you can get rooted, you can be in a small group, but you will still be divided. If he can get you to think that that problem, that that relationship, whatever, if that is the most important thing, that's where anxiety starts. It's misplaced priorities. And it's so funny because we're talking about this idea of getting rooted. I've seen so many times... And it almost doesn't make sense, but for a lot of people, it's actually when they are in need that they come closer to Jesus. Let me explain it. It's when people are unemployed that they become closer to Jesus. And this is so weird because it doesn't really make sense to me because when we're kind of in these rough spots, we just want to give up. But what I found is often rough spots that brought people closer to Jesus. And I've walked through so many people who don't have jobs. We've prayed together and we've prayed in faith and said, Lord, find them something because they got bills to pay. But what I've seen, and this is where the devil works, is that a lot of times the blessing that God gives us, the devil wants to turn it into a burden. Let me explain that. We pray for relationships. That God, just bring me someone. Bring me some friends. But then those very friends that are meant to be a blessing become a burden when they take you away from the Lord. That job that you prayed so hard for, like, I need it because we got bills. I've met so many people, and this is true life stories. We've prayed for them. God, find them some work. And the Lord has answered that prayer, and we haven't seen them again. Because they're like, man, work is just so busy. I'm wiped out. I'm just so busy. And what happens, the devil takes that blessing and turns it into a burden. It's, it's divide. He wants to divide our minds. But what I love about this verse, what I love about 1 Peter chapter 5, he says, cast your anxiety on Jesus. Cast your anxiety on Jesus. What that means, friends, whatever that thing is, whatever that issue is in your life, whatever that burden is that is holding you back, we need to give it to Jesus. Because if that issue becomes the biggest thing in your life, if it is the most important thing in your life, if that relationship, that job, is the most important thing. We can become divided. And the seed will be unfruitful. So Jesus says, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I want to encourage you guys this morning. 
if there's something that you've been walking through, something that you've wanted victory on for a long time, you can't quite figure out what it is. You've just been dealing with it at a surface level. Mateos, I need you up here. If there's something in your life that you've been dealing with at a surface level, Jesus is saying to you this morning, I need you to bring it to me. I need you to come here. I need you to put it at the feet of Jesus. Because the devil seeks to kill and to destroy, but Jesus comes to give us life and life abundantly. But if he can mix up our priorities, if he can mess with our minds, the seed won't be fruitful. The seed won't be fruitful. Be alert and of sober mind, he says. I love verse 23, though, because Jesus, he, he kind of, it sounds really bad. Like, how come these seeds aren't being fruitful? Like, what's happening? And maybe you guys are like, man, that looks like my life sometimes. But in verse 23, Jesus says this. The last seed. Someone say last. Because sometimes it's, it, it, the best is last. He says, the last seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Listen to this, friends. There's, in this story, there's different crops, different situations, different circumstances. And I know this morning there are certain seeds that you feel like you can relate to. Maybe you feel like you've been in a season of unfruitfulness. But here's the beauty, and, and I love that Jesus finishes with this. I believe this right here, right now, today, that you are on good soil. You're in the right spot. Lael said, turn the person next to you, say, you were meant to be here. You were meant to be here this morning. Because what Jesus wanted to let you know is that you are on good soil. You can do something here today that you can get rooted and you can begin to see victory in your life. Those things that you've been dealing with at the surface level, Jesus wants to get down to the roots. And that's what he's going to do. And this is good soil. And here's the beauty. It says, the person who is in good soil, they will produce a crop yielding 100, 60, or 30 times what was sown. Come on. What this means is this. When we can begin to deal with our things at a, surf, at, a, at a deeper level, when we can get rooted, Jesus says, I am going to do something in your life that you could never even imagine. I'm going to produce a crop in your life of 60, of 30. I'm going to do more than you could ever imagine. So get this, when God changes your life, he's changing it with the expectation that you're going to change someone else's life as well. That your story is going to speak into someone else's life as well. Hey, thank you so much for listening. We hope that message was something you need to hear. If you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and you will find everything you need and more. We would love to see you in person. So plan your visit today. Take care.